So, as you know, we are exploring the holy habit of worship. In part one of our sermon series, we asked the question, what is idolatry and how can it be avoided? We concluded that God must take the central place in our lives. In part two, we asked the question, what hinders our worship? And we concluded that unforgiveness does. And forgiving others is an act of worship and love in action. And today we'll be asking the question, how extravagant should we be in worship to the Lord? Yesterday, the nation and the countries of the Commonwealth celebrated the coronation of King Charles III. For over a thousand years in England, kings and queens have been invested with a ring, scepter, rod, orb and crown. These highly symbolic objects are adorned with precious stones and are valuable beyond all worldly measure. And you would have seen them in the service on TV. Each of the objects is marked with the cross, which symbolizes the authority of Christ and reminds us that Jesus is the ultimate king. Jesus' throne was the cross, and on it he wore the crown of thorns, defying all expectations, forgiving and loving to the very end, dying and rising, that we may have life in all its fullness. At the heart of the coronation was a ritual in which the Archbishop of Canterbury anointed the king with oil. This custom originates in the Old Testament, but this practice in England can be traced back to the year 973 AD at the coronation of King Edgar. This beautiful coronation we saw on TV yesterday should have been the type of honour that Jesus received when he dwelt among his people, shouldn't it? Yeah. Okay, so what do we need to know about the passage? In today's passage, Jesus receives honour through an act of loving worship that will never be forgotten. As Mary anoints him with her perfume, the King of Kings, Jesus, the Saviour of the world, she loved him and poured her love out to him when she anointed him. So what's the context? Events in Matthew's gospel were moving to the climactic crucifixion of King Jesus, who was preparing to suffer and die. The religious leaders were plotting against Jesus. But here they are, at least 17 individuals, enjoying a feast at Simon's house, who had suffered with leprosy and who had been healed by Jesus. It was after this feast that Judas Iscariot went to the priests to, to betray Jesus. Interestingly, Matthew shows the connection between Mary's act of worship and Judas's act of betrayal. This feast took place six days before the Passover. Most commentators argue that the woman in the passage today is Mary, the sister of Martha and the sister of Lazarus. In each of the other gospel accounts, Mary is at the feet of Jesus. Warren Wearsby comments that Mary was a deeply spiritual woman who found her blessing at the feet of Jesus and she brought to his feet all her burdens and she gave at his feet her very best. Mary seems to be repeatedly orienting herself towards Jesus 
across the gospel accounts. So what do we learn uh, from Mary's story? Firstly, Mary's story reveals the extravagance of love. Mary took the most precious and valuable object that she possessed and poured it onto Jesus' head, the, the perfume. Jewish women carried small alabaster jars of perfume around with them if they could afford it. Such perfume had enormous monetary value. We know from the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of John, this perfume could have been sold for 300 denarii. Mary's file of perfume represented nearly a whole year's wages salary for a regular working man. And it could have paid to have fed a crowd of up to 5,000 people. Why would Mary give away something so valuable in a moment? It was precisely because it was the most precious thing she had. The most precious thing she had, she gave it to Jesus. She gave it to Jesus because she recognised who Jesus was. He was the king. Mary's love never calculated how little she could give away for it to be a decent gift. The desire of her heart was to give to the uttermost limit. And I suspect if she had more, she would have given that too. Even believing that what she had given was too little. William Barclay argues that we should question whether we are Christian at all. If when giving to Christ, we give as little as we respectably can get away with. Secondly, Mary's story reveals the economics of love. Mary wanted to do something special for Jesus, but the majority of those present misunderstood her actions. The disciples were indignant when they saw what Mary did. They said, what a waste. Could have been sold for a high price and the money could have been given to the poor. Maybe they thought she hadn't grasped Jesus' concern for the marginalised. For the disciples, Mary's act of extravagant worship made no logical sense. It made no sense for them for her to give this gift away. Jesus clearly had a heart for the poor and marginalised, and the disciples were taking his message to heart. Reason dictated that the best use of that perfume would have been to sell it to help the poor. Are you with me? We get the idea, don't we? Mary could have sold that perfume to meet her own needs, but instead she generously and joyfully gave Jesus her gift, which cost her greatly. Thirdly, Mary's story reveals the opportunity to love. Certain things must be done when the opportunity arises. Sometimes we may be prompted by a generous impulse and do not act upon it. Unfortunately for many of us, there have been moments in our lives to do a lovely thing, but we didn't seize the moment. But Mary didn't let the opportunity pass her by. There are some acts of love and generosity that can be done at any time where perhaps there seems to be reoccurring opportunities to be loving and to be kind and to be generous because Jesus is loving, kind and generous with us. But there are some opportunities that only come once and we can miss them. Mary had been attentive to Jesus. She'd listened to his words and she knew that he would soon die and be buried. Instead of anointing Jesus' body after his death, in the traditional way, she did it before his death. 
which exercised her faith. Her faith in the resurrection. I don't have time to unpack that. But Mary is exercising her faith in Jesus, her trust in Jesus and her love for Jesus when she poured that perfume all over him. Fourthly, Mary's story reveals the fragrance of love. Towards the end of Jesus' life, there was so much hostility towards him, treachery and violence done to him. The fragrance of Mary's act of love will be remembered and discussed forever. And here we are today, discussing it and remembering it. Mary loved Jesus so much, and she considered no sacrifice too great for the Lord. She is an example to all of us of selfless, selfless devotion to the Lord, our Saviour. So what do we need to know about this passage? Have others ever misunderstood your worship and the love you have for Jesus? The disciples did not understand Mary's act of love. And Jesus immediately came to uh, Mary's defense and rebuked the disciples and praised her for her actions. They said it was a waste, but nothing given to Jesus in love is ever wasted. Mary's act of worship not only brought joy to Jesus' heart and fragrance to the house, but it also brought blessing to the whole world. Her act of love brought blessing to the whole world. Her act of devotion encourages us to love and serve Jesus with our very best. Mary listened to Jesus and then acted in love. We may not even realize the blessing that we bring to others until we see Jesus face to face. We don't know the impact we are having on others. But one day we will when we see Jesus face to face. He will show us how we've helped others, how we've loved others. With that in mind, let's get ready for that day. Let's be loving and kind and generous, just as Mary was loving, kind and generous. Jesus did not criticize the disciples because they were concerned about the poor. Because we know the poor mattered to Jesus. Jesus was cautioning the disciples against missing their opportunity to worship him with acts of loving kindness. They would not be short of opportunities to help the poor, but they would not always have the opportunity to do what Mary did and worship Jesus by giving him the honor that he truly deserved. So what do we need to do with all of this? Just before Mary's loving act of anointing Jesus, he shared a parable about a king who said to his subjects, whenever you helped one of my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. Whenever you helped one of your brothers and sisters, you did it for me. Our love should be extravagant towards Jesus, not holding back. Our love should be sacrificial, unhindered by the cost. Our love should be proactive, looking for ways to honour Jesus. Our love should be the fragrance of love. The aroma of Christ should be in everything that we do with the hope of advancing the kingdom of God 
And that will have eternal consequences. How can we remember all of this? How extravagant should we be in our worship to the Lord? Be like Mary. Don't hold back our love for Jesus. Don't hold back. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God of grace, mould us in your image and give us a spirit of generosity that seeks nothing but to give, nothing but to serve, and offers our hearts, our whole selves to you, the giver of all things. May we, like Mary, give our extravagant worship and devotion to you, with no fear of embarrassment or fear of what others may think of us. Help us to love you more and give all that we have. Amen.